0: Greetings, program. Hello, and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie-by-minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie, Tron. This is Minute 73. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and joining me today is my magical, talented, and wise guest co-host, Sam Dolmage. Welcome, Sam. Thank you, Duncan. It's good to have you here.
1: It's good to be here.
0: What's, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, well, I used, to, uh, I used to do sketch comedy. Uh, uh, back in what we like to call the day, I was in a, a sketch comedy troupe called The Legend of Bonefish uh, with yourself.
0: That's right. That's um,
1: right. Which was uh, very close to how we met because we met just a little bit before that, and then we yeah. did comedy together for uh, for a few years and, and remained close friends. And uh, I'm a, a former, maybe will be again, actor and a, a screenwriter, and I'm currently a blues singing electrician.
0: Wonderful. And then you and I worked uh, together at a video store for a while. We did. Yeah, yeah, that's we right. Did.
1: We did. We were video slingers. Yeah. yeah video, video slingers at Roger's.
0: Something that comes up a lot in discussing this movie. Because my next, my next question is, uh, do you remember the first time that you saw Tron? Mm,
1: I don't remember. Uh, I mean, I, I think I saw it when, I, when it came out. Okay, you, so you might have, yeah. Yeah, I I think I saw it when it came out. I don't remember who I saw it with. Yeah. Uh, I probably went with my mom. Um, You know, that was 82, so I was probably like rolling up on my 12th birthday. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but I I think I probably saw it back in the day.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, because a lot of people talk about how they, uh, they didn't see it in the theater. A because it came out five years before they were born, mm-hmm. or something like that, and then but a lot of them say like when we went to the video store, we would get whatever our selection was plus Tron oh yeah, Okay. one of the co-hosts was talking about it. so there's a lot of, it got a lot of a lot of business on video, and now with uh, with Disney plus online, a lot of people are watching Tron for the first time on Disney plus wild. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's good. There's recent, recent inductees, recent, uh, recent you know people that are into it. But what happens? Oh, sorry.
1: Well, what um, something I found really interesting just watching. I mean, I, I rewatched Tron on Disney Plus preparatory yeah. to, to coming in here, and and then I watched the trailer for Tron Legacy, which I saw in the theater, and uh, it's it's pretty shocking how different they are. Yeah. You know, it's pretty shocking how different they are on every level mm-hmm. in terms of, of uh, you know, pace and and vibe and density. Mm-hmm. Um, something I really noticed watching Tron again is it really feels like a seventies movie. Sure, right? It really feels like a seventies movie. It moves pretty slowly. Okay, uh, it it develops. Uh, pretty slowly it's paced like a, like a 70s drama or a crime film uh, it doesn't particularly explain itself yeah um, you know the uh, uh, the film's like a little over an hour and a half long yeah 96 I think yeah and, and um, like F- Flynn doesn't get scanned and tossed into the whatever the matrix cyberspace uh realm is, whatever we're calling it. The grid. The grid. Uh, Flynn doesn't get scanned into the grid until the thirty minute mark.
0: Yeah. <coughs> yeah, it's like a third of the film goes by before he gets uh pulled in. Yeah.
1: And and uh in
0: today's movies it'd be like just after the opening credits or something.
1: Maybe. Yeah, like we got like we gotta get him in there. Everyone has to know what's going on. Uh but it, it doesn't really, it doesn't uh, explain the, the relationships. In the, the, the tradition of a lot of films in the '70s, It, it sort of keeps you in the dark about yeah. stuff and allows those, um, allows those things to unfold, the character's history and the, you know, who are they, what did they do?
0: It's true, eh? Yeah. That yeah. is something that a uh, I I've I've noticed that with a lot of 70s movies as you spend it going like what's going on? And the movie's like, well, you'll just you'll find out. Yeah. Just chill for a second and you'll you'll find out. Yeah. It's not front lo- front-loaded with a bunch of here's every it's not front-loaded with a bunch of exposition or here's exactly what's happening. Now, you're sort of going through the film as an experience instead of being told up front everything. And there's
1: there. a real trust in the viewer in that approach. There really is. There really is. I know, yeah. there's a there's a there's a respect for the people out there to to figure it out, even if the people might mostly be kids but yeah. I don't get the sense this was really released as a kids' movie per se I think it's sort of a, a tr- I thought it was a kid's movie because I was a kid it tried and to I, be. and it was for me so yeah. i i
0: I was like oh well, this is a at least a family film yeah. A family film, definitely. I think there's some kid edges in it. I'm not sure if it's at its very inception, when it was originally slated to be uh, an animated film from Stephen Spielberg. It doesn't Lisberger. feel like a family film, though. It feels like, like, like college students would enjoy this. But do. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't
1: have any like privy data about the demographics for this
0: film. I like that the depth of it is there, and all the explorations and investigations that I've been doing, there's a lot of depth in this film, so you can watch it, uh, you know, as a 75-year-old, not really, you know, just digging on the graphics, but not understanding computers, but getting the deeper themes that are being put forward, and going, yeah, man, sure, sure, man, yeah, yeah. You know, But also if you're a kid and that was all going over your head, you're just like, wow, this movie's a lot of fun. This movie's awesome. It does drag a bit in the back half. You're talking about the differences between Tron Legacy and uh, 1982's Tron. And I've been fascinated uh, by the similarities. Oh, I'm sure. Because by by, like, I used to, I used to uh, rag on Legacy a little bit. But now that I've had to I, – I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But I was like, well, it's good, but it's no Tron. You know, and then I, but then I've having gone back and investigated this one so deeply, and watching Tron Legacy again, I've been like, "Oh, actually, they're almost they're almost one to one in terms of like the places where they quote unquote fail, and the places where they, they sort of uh, they succeed, right?" Yeah. And it's been fascinating. It's been fascinating. A comparison of the two, is and like,
1: there's not much to uh, Tron story-wise. There
0: could be more, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, there's. It's not the most intricate plot. No, I know it's it's not the most intricate plot. Uh, something that stymied me a little bit, and this this should be an easy one, but just trying to do basic dramaturgical
0: analysis on this thing. I mean, who's the hero of this show? Well, that's that's another thing because it's, the movie's called Tron. The movie is called Tron, but Flynn is basically the hero. Yeah, Flynn's most definitely the the uh,
1: the protagonist. Yeah, uh, but it
0: seems to be Tron that does a lot of the heavy lifting. Tron does a lot of the heavy lifting. He's a program. He's on a mission. Right. Uh, Yori does a tremendous amount of stuff, and it's it's more behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, that I like. I wish that she was a bit more front and center. But the. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one because we've talked in previous minutes about how how many movies can you think of that are named after like the title the title of the film is a character from the film that is advertised as the protagonist and then when the film comes out they're not the protagonist. I can only think at the time I talked about it I thought Clue was the only one I could really think of because Jane Fonda is the one that does everything in that movie, right. and Donald Sutherland, as Clute, is kind of in the background just investigating her. He's almost like a pair of eyes that they, they, you see the movie through, if I'm remembering that correctly, which I might not. But, but I can't think of too many others that are like that.
1: I might be off my nut, but I thought Clute was the woman. Am I wrong? Oh, my gosh. I thought Clute was the Fonda character. Time
0: to, uh, to do some research, I yeah, guess, yeah, because yeah. I
1: thought Clute was definitely... Oh, well, Okay. Anyway. But indeed, Sutherland is probably the protagonist of that film.
0: Uh, maybe. I mean, he's some sort of investigator. He's an investigator. Yeah, but know, she's the one that gets... A, I, I forget. Anyway, it's it's an odd duck. The film yeah. is a Tron is an odd duck in that regard. Definitely, yeah. it's not common to have that happen. But in okay, so but in this minute, okay, what happens in this? Yeah, particular? okay. So we're so we're getting to
1: this minute. I, you know, I I went. I tried to find the dramaturgical skeleton yeah. of the film so yeah. that I would know where we are. Right. Okay, cool. Right. Okay. Where are we in um minute seventy three. Where are we in minute seventy-three? Well, we're um we're just a few minutes into the into the third act. I mean I, I marked the um I sort of marked the third act from when Tron is able to communicate with Alan and he gets the a mission from Alan to go shut down the MCP right he's told you got to go take your identity disc and you know drop it uh, it into the exhaust port of the Death Star (laughs) sorry I mean
0: yeah this spot in the the, MCP the uh, the similarities are undeniable
1: Uh, and uh, and that locks us into the into the third act but this is where the protagonist gets a little dodgy and weird because Flynn isn't around for that. Flynn doesn't receive the mission to go carry out this business at the end. He finds out later when he hooks up with Tron that they're on their way to the MCP to shut it down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's he's kind of adrift. All he does is like pave the way for Tron to... To shut it down, although he does that by jumping into the the core of the thing himself and, yeah. and converting it in some way that we don't understand. You're going to talk about it in later minutes yeah, in yeah. exhaustive detail.
0: Spoiler alert! But, um, yeah.
1: I figured we're safe for we're I, safe, we're I, safe. I figured we're safe for spoilers it's here good. on minute seventy three of the podcast. Jk, jk, going, jk. JK yeah, 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 going minute by minute. I would be really surprised. If anybody listening to this has never seen Tron before. It's and possible. they're watching the film one minute at a time. That's possible. That's something that And I mean. they're sitting there listening to this going, you know you jerks. You just spoiled <laughs> you the just ending jer- for me. Six you know, screw of my this, life. screw this
0: podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was spoiler free up till now. Yeah. I doubt that's happening, but that's something that in the other Min- Movie by Minutes podcast that I've listened to is that's something that a lot of uh Movie by Minutes podcasters, as they're doing their podcast, are like, I wonder if somebody's watching this one minute at a time with us. And it has happened. Yeah. Some people have been watching the movie one minute at a time, and then listening to the podcast, and then watching the next minute, and then listening to the podcast. Not having seen the film before? Not having se- seen the film before. That's hardcore. A very That's niche very part hardcore. of the but Very hardcore. Yeah. Commendable, right? Commendable.
1: So commendable in its commitment to the joke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I, (laughs) right I I uh you know, I commend anybody that like takes the joke to the
0: line, right? Yeah. They They, they embrace the gag. Oh, it's like I've mentioned a few times earlier that you were mentioning that we should do the movie by minute podcast of uh, Andy Warhol's Empire. Oh yeah, and that was the 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 twelve hour real time footage yeah. of the Empire State Building. That that was your suggestion. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Years years of a podcast. Yeah,
1: years years of a podcast. Why I hate Andy Warhol. You know?
0: <laughs> uh, when did New York get built? Uh, what is the Empire State Building? Who are we? Yeah, you, know, you could go all sorts of places with yeah. something. Yeah, who
1: who had that office that the light turns on in
0: in minute forty two? <laughs> well, who can forget minute forty two? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what happens in this minute in minute seventy three? In this minute, Flynn gets his blue color back, and Tron, Yori, and Flynn get to know each other on the deck of the Solar Sailor. They get re re uh, reunited. No, not reunited because because Flynn's never met Yori. Uh, uh, Flynn's Yuri. never met Yori. Yeah. Flynn knows Dr. Laura real well. Real well. But this is our, this is our trio. This is our trio. Right. So the very beginning, uh, Tron has uh, just grabbed Flynn before he falls to his death. And Tron lifts Flynn up onto the deck of the solar sailor. As sh- our
1: minute begins. As
0: our minute begins yes. in a shot that is almost identical to Harrison Ford's Deckard being lifted up to the roof by the late Rutger Hauer's Roy Batty and Blade Runner. Um, in fact, that's the exact scene where as Roy Batty is holding on to Roy, he says, quite an experience to live in fear, isn't it? That's what it is to be a slave. And I think of that line a lot. And there's a lot about society. It seems like it needs to generate fear to create compliance, but it's also the experience of all the programs kidnapped by the MCP and put into the games. So it's cool that this one shot has a similarity to that scene and that these movies came out within a few weeks of each other in 1982. That is interesting. Yeah. It's not something that I noticed before until I was doing this, but that whole scene of... That awkward shot from below mm-hmm. where he's one-handing uh, uh, Flynn up onto the deck is like right. just like... It's a reverse, but it's the exact kind of, uh, like, the diagonal and him being pulled up onto the roof. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I thought that was a pretty cool similarity. It is cool. Let's see. So, Tron smiles at Flynn holding his hand as shooting bolts of energy go back over the horizon in the background and the music of Wendy Carlos just keeps on keeping on. Flynn looks down over the edge like, still pretty freaked out at almost dying, but Tron isn't giving it a, a second thought. He's just super jazzed to see Flynn again. Like, Tron's pretty simple, I get the impression, but it's just, uh, it's a really good thing to be on his side, you know, because he's undefeatable. He's undefeatable in battle, and you wouldn't want to be his enemy. But he does seem to be kind of like, if it's not directly to do with his mission of destroying the MCP, right? he's like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, hi, I'm okay, sure, whatever. But we need to get to the MCP.
1: And uh, 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 Tron, as you probably know, means uh, instrument.
0: I didn't. I heard Tron was uh, short. It's from the word electronic, hmm. and he thought he sound- Tron sounded pretty cool. Right. And so that's all he did. I know that Tron is uh, actually used in the programming language, like Tracer On or something like that. But... Oh, uh, interesting. But he didn't know that. But in that. the, I mean, the
1: Greek root, right, electron, proton. Yeah. Electron. Yeah. And, and, electron, and, and, proton, uh, neutron. And then, I uh, like, cyclotron, uh, positron. Yeah, all oh, that. Positronic. Positronic. There you go. The positronic
0: resolu- revolution. There you go. Data, Ghostbusters, all that stuff. So, uh,
1: but I like that um, meaning of instrument in that Tron is Alan's instrument, and all these programs are the instruments of the user. Outstanding. And if the, if the film is just called, you know, instrument or instruments, yeah. uh, it would be completely thematically on.
0: Like instrument like a tool. Yes, like yeah, a tool. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like a scalpel is an instrument. Or exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's fantastic. So I, I, I dug that. I was like, what does this mean? You know, I... Yeah, because the users are using the tools. Yeah. Right? So they are all sort of Tron's. Jeez, man, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's like, I am Spartacus. No, I am Spartacus. Yeah. We're all Trons. And and we're, we're, all, all, we're all Trons. We're all tools, and we're all, we're all instruments of our creators, yeah. which opens, because the thematics of, like in the coming minutes that we talk about here, it gets really philosophical really quick. On the, yeah, on the I'm trying here. not, I'm, I'm yeah. sort of
1: grouping the three minutes yeah. together, and I'm trying not to jump jump yeah. ahead and just, yeah.
0: and, and just stay,
1: stay on point. Um, okay. Stay on point well, here. then
0: we get this interesting point that happens here. As they're standing still with their hands clasped, Tron's blue color seeps into Flynn, and Flynn cycles from red to pink to purple to magenta to violet to purple, and finally back to plain blue, matching mm-hmm. Flynn and Yori. Now, the last time Flynn did this, uh, he killed a guy. So, <laughs> you know, he like knocks out a guard and then holds on to him, and then the guard's energy goes into him, and the guard vanishes. Yeah, he does this little like hitman trick. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on this guy's disguise. I'm and gonna blend put, it, in. I'm yes. gonna put on this guy's skin yes. and then walk around. And, uh, but then, and then the
1: mission agent 47 agent 47
0: and in the book, Ram gives his energy to Flynn killing himself in the process. He's like, here, you need this here in the movie. He doesn't in the movie. He's just, he just eventually he gives up the ghost and he succumbs to his wounds. But in the, right. in the book, uh, and I think in the screenplay too, like he, he's inside the recognizer going, why won't this thing start? And right. Ram's like, you need more energy here. Take mine. Uh, so it's like uh, a, a sacrifice that gets him, gets him going again. So there's always been some death involved in this changing of color. Okay. Now, and part pardon my experience, the, the book came. Uh, the book was a novelization of the. Not yeah, novelization yeah, 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 of the screenplay. Okay. The the, the dialogue is almost word for word. Okay. So, uh, which is good. Uh, so in
1: the in the in the original screenplay, Ram sacrificed himself, but uh, not in the movie as filmed.
0: Yeah, right. In the movie as filmed, he just kind of dissipates and it's like just you know tell 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 jenny i love her you know or whatever you know just get the mcp for us will you buddy yeah please (sighs) you know so no disrespect to ram it's a beautiful scene uh so but this is a pretty overpowered move on on tron's part like is tron so packed with energy that he can just spare a whole body's worth to give to flynn you know, or is Flynn so unintentionally parasitic that he just sucks a ton of power from Tron accidentally like it seems like Tron is just as surprised as Flynn at this turn of events, except that Flynn is blown away while Tron takes it in his stride. It's like I was talking about earlier, like Tron can see the weirdest stuff, and if it doesn't directly pertain to his mission, he's just like, "Wow, neat Ah, uh, well, this is weird because I didn't see the
1: the color spectrum as representing an energy level but as representing uh alignment or apparent alignment
0: yeah sure like a like a, a moral alignment or like a or yeah moral alignment a flavor of energy uh uh an element a uniform yeah oh yeah for sure i'm not saying he was at a two and now he's at a ten right he's just taking the blue energy Or I can't. I don't know if Tron's giving him the blue energy or if he's taking the blue energy. Like, like that that energy switcheroo has up till this point had something to do with. If I give you all of my energy, you'll change color, but I will die. You know, or I'll be affected in some way. Like you're taking. There's a transference happening. It's not a duplication, right? There's there's a water water being poured from one glass into another, and so that's why this this color changing having none of that yeah. involved in it yeah, yeah, yeah. is an interesting moment for me because I'm like, why Why is this happening now?
1: That's interesting because I didn't necessarily link the two uh, events in the other minute that we're not talking about right now, but yeah, we are talking uh, about it right now yeah, because yeah, yeah. we range up and down, back and forth, across the fields of time. Um, the uh, uh, When the... Other guard died and he took on his color. Uh, I didn't necessarily think that the one
0: was Connected. a consequence of the other. Right, sure. I think, right. uh, well, they mentioned that the guards. It's a little uh, what do you call it? Oxymoronic. It's a little contradictory because they're told they're told the guards are given more power than regular programs. Regular programs have all of their energy leached by the MCP, and they're given just enough to survive to keep them docile, stupid, and compliant. Right. And uh, but the guards, if you join the Red Elite, you get a bunch more power, and that's how you can enforce the rules of the MCP because you're a warrior that has red energy coursing through your veins, and that you're stronger than the rest. But that one guard just gets decked. By Flynn and disappears, and it's kind of a uh, a s-
1: sweet side effect of the the underwritten, and I mean underwritten in a good way. Writing style of that time, as things are underexplained, yeah, and we can sit here lo these many decades later, yeah, sure, and say, well, what did they mean by the, the by the red about? and the blue? Uh, colors on their on their suits and and on the beams. What on earth did they mean by that? Because the filmmakers didn't tell us.
0: It's pretty simple in in terms of like just on the surface. Yeah, uh, Flynn's back. Yeah, the, the, and I thought it was like I, I thought no, the
1: red and blue was like. Light side of the force, dark side of the force. There's no
0: need for the disguise anymore. So, hey, right. it goes away. Like he's with friends now, so he's back to blue. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, like a, an emotional chameleon circuit. Or, or, or that's the or, way I I viewed it. When that, I think that's the way it was intended. Yeah, you know, I think it would have been neat to see. Flynn start to succumb to his red energy. Yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah. see him be like, oh, I feel the power. Well, that's, you know, the um, that's almost another movie. Then that's
1: a whole other mechanism that
0: you have to set up and then
1: complicate and, and explore. There's a
0: whole bunch of moments in this movie where it could have been a whole other movie because the the stuff that they sort of tap on and touch on is like...
1: And there are a lot of if like, if you go down just
0: that home, what kind
1: of like neo-superheroic uh Paradigm-shattering abilities does Flynn have? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we're not gonna. You're not gonna get a, a cataloged list of them because that's not the way we
0: roll. No, but there's a little bit of like Deus Ex Flynn oh, happening, yeah. like throughout, sprinkled throughout, indubitably, right, indubitably. And I like well, it's like you were saying about the like,
1: dramaturgically, film. it's it's it's
0: the, the movie doesn't really hang together in in some ways. There's a there is that there is that. Which is, I found a similarity to Legacy, which which was you know the 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 conflicts are,
1: you know I I I can't work out which of these guys is supposed to be the uh, the protagonist, and you know there should be some sort of confrontation with with uh, with Sark, and then you've got this other like umbrella. Conflict between Flynn and Dillinger. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. Flynn has to f- has to defeat not I know Stark. Flynn has to defeat the M C P to defeat Dillinger. Yeah, and Tron has to defeat. Well, it's, no, it's kind of like Tron has to
0: defeat the M C P. Right, uh, but uh, like Flynn almost. Flynn, like, Flynn, Flynn, in to, the outer shell needs his data. Flynn needs to steal from the MCP. Yes. He doesn't need to destroy the MCP. Right. He needs to steal from the MCP, right. but he needs Tron's help to do it. And Tron's mission is to destroy the MCP, and he needs Flynn's help to do it. Yeah. So kind of although he doesn't it, does know, he, well, he
1: doesn't know that he needs Flynn's help to do yeah. it until he goes there. And he ends up helping him on his yes, quest yes, with yes, some it. pretty dodgy wild, maneuvers. Yeah. <laughs> pretty
0: dodgy man- You know, thematically speaking, I like that there's no lines here. Uh, there's no lines saying, "Oh wow, you changed color." It's like you were saying with the '70s scripts; mm-hmm. like it's just mm-hmm. he changes color. They have a laugh, and then, "Hey, here's Yori." Like so, yeah. So, I mean, that. So then Tron asks, "Where's Ram?" And I, you know, I have this moment of like, "Oh my gosh, that's right, Ram." Yeah, yeah. Oh, like because that happened a long time ago. Now, in uh, especially going through a minute by minute like this, but Flynn gets serious and he says. Uh, he he didn't make it and this is we get tron does some a plus number one jaw flexing here looking down and to the right in rage and you can tell he might have a list like arias and game of thrones oh on. yeah instead of people he's going to kill it's people that have died on his watch that need avenging yeah you know it's also like again also like in blade runner when roy is breaking deckard's fingers saying like this is for press <laughs> and this is for zora <laughs> I, I imagine if Tron could get a hold of a personification of the MCP, he would like break the MCP's fingers being like, you know, this is for Crom and this is for Ram, <laughs> you know, like breaking around. But then Tron very quickly gets his head around the fact that Ram is dead and then claps Flynn on the shoulder saying, well, come on. And in this, uh, in this shot here where they're nose to nose, you can see, you can really see that Bruce Boxleitner is only a little bit taller than Jeff Bridges. Right. They are like just really, really, really. And they have a very similar profile and body shape. I Like I really wonder what this movie would have been like if they'd been able to cast according to the original concepts for Tron and Flynn. I think it might have been much more 80s.
1: For the ignorant among us who are just joining this wonderful movie by the contest, <laughs> what were the original concepts? Uh, I'm sorry to all the, your listeners for making them hear this again. But...
0: It's okay. It's fascinating. Okay. Um, uh, just in a nutshell, Tron was supposed to be like a, like a – 60-year-old Arnold Schwarzenegger hulking warrior who's a scarred and like a a massive huge-handed truck driver who's uh just like can't be killed but has been continually assaulted like every day of his life by the MCP and uh so he's this beleaguered very very powerful warrior who's on a on a mission whereas Flynn was supposed to be uh excuse me excuse me you know like a like a, a skinny uh, skinny, bespectacled programmer, nerd type from the 80s kind of thing. And so there would be a difference of like a foot in height and uh, like It sounds like pounds. heavy metal. It sounds so heavy metal. It's very heavy metal. Yeah. It's extremely animated 70s film uh, material. Yeah. Which in a way, I'm glad that they were unable to cast according to their original I'm ideas. Sure i would be like... Totally Frank voluptuous, Frazetta, yeah. yeah. Like she's pretty. She's, she's very pretty in this movie, but one th- they don't showcase yes, it in the way that they uh, that they would have in a, in, a, in an animated film. Mm. It would have been a lot more, especially know, an R-rated animated. Sheer, <laughs> especially yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that was the original thing. So, but here you can see. Because when they finally cast him, I'm like, yay, we got Jeff Bridges, yay, we got Bruce Block, and I can only oh understand, gosh, understand the
1: conception sense. of those characters if I view it through a heavy metal lens. If I view it through a Tron lens, I'm like, whoa, that makes no sense. Yeah, like it makes no sense for him to be like that. It doesn't conform with anything else that's in the in the film. Yeah, but
0: uh, it's all that part of things is really well integrated. And we sort of like in the in the earlier minutes when they're going around through the outside, and we see all these just bonkers wild different programs with like headdresses and strange costumes and like yeah. one of them is like a giant light bulb one of them is like a wookie duck like that in a heavy metal uh sort of like in, a, in an Mobius heavy metal kind of a yeah. context yeah, yeah. makes way more sense yeah and then if tron was a giant hulker and then like all these Tr- tron's a tank all these other people you have all these different kinds of programs there'd be no homogenous appearance yeah. They'd all be wildly different, which makes more sense in an animated heavy metal kind of way. But that's not what we get. And I think it's I think it's a uh, a plus that we that we didn't go in that direction, but I would like to go to the alternate universe where that movie got made. And uh, and, and I
1: like it. uh I like Boxleitner's casting and his performance in yeah, this film. I think it's he's really well cast and Solid. he has this like lovely
0: sense of duty. Yeah.
1: That just is is unerring.
0: This this Dudley Do Right, yeah, you know, uh, Mountie on a mission, yeah, Arrow, like yeah. he's he's the guy. He's in the moral right, and he's got a mission. He's yeah. very he's a missionary. He's he's got this direct line to God. Mm. Uh, he's what somebody else was calling a Gnostic theist, which is like you, you know, in, in the real world, a Gnostic, theorist, Gnostic theists get locked up. 'Cause yeah. they're like, Oh no, God's talking to me right now. I hear his voice. He's yes. he's in the room with us and he's giving me instructions. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, like we need to go and have a little conversation with some professionals. Exactly. You know, but this is Tron actually speaking to Alan One. So he's 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 not just going on faith. He's got instructions from his user. Right. And we're
1: going to get into that in the next minute we sure in will. some detail. We sure will, I, in some detail. Say, yes.
0: Okay, so we get an aerial shot here. This is one of the second the second of the two huge Easter eggs in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get an aerial shot here of the solar sailor flying over what appears to be desert dunes. And we get the second Easter egg shot in the film. The first one being Pac-Mac, uh, sorry, Pac-Man on mm-hmm. Sark's big screen map on the bridge of the cruiser. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you look at the... The quote-unquote sand underneath the trailer, there's a massive Mickey Mouse head-shaped plateau in the sand extending up and below uh, below the screen edges. Did you see that? Did you notice that? I didn't clock it. Oh, really? Okay. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to watch the minute again after this, uh, after this. I honestly didn't know this was in the film until way after 1982. The mouse. yeah Yeah. like it might even have been in the 2010s when I saw it on the internet or something like the Pac-Man one it's impossible to miss once you see it I'm glad that you didn't see it because now we get to watch it again Yeah, and you're gonna go oh my god Yeah, wow it is right there okay cool and you can't unsee it it appears to be an island because there's water on the left side at the beginning of the shot and water on the right side at the end of the shot and if that's Disney's island in cyberspace like it must be huge now it's probably half of the grid now with all of the the stuff that he's got so tron and flynn walk up to yori yori reaches out to tron and gives him a big old hug flynn is tripping out a little looking at yori because he obviously sees yori's creator dr laura baines tron and yori stop hugging while yori keeps on looking at flynn with a little bit of suspicion on her face like who's this guy and tron says this is flynn the one who busted me out. And I can sort of feel Yori being like, Uh, okay, great. But maybe somebody who breaks people out of prison isn't a hundred percent my friend yet, you know, like when you're when your criminal husband shows up with yeah. other criminals and stuff, yeah. these are my buddies, they helped me escape. You're like, Oh, like, and they're coming into uh, our house? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like We talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like raising Arizona or whatever, yeah. you know, like so um so yeah, I don't know. That's that's what I that's the impression I get anyway. And Flynn doesn't really help matters by up. Upping- now I'm mentally going down a hall
1: like Tron and Yuri trying to have a baby. Yeah, like
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Raising Yuri Tron. I don't know whatever whatever yeah. crazy baby they have. And yeah, you know, the John Goodman program.
0: Oh, a John Goodman program in Tron is something I would yeah. love to see. I yeah, would yeah, love yeah. to see that. Screaming because they left the program baby on the roof,
1: but they their recognizer, (laughs) right? The recognizers tooling
0: along with a little baby program on top of it. Oh man, now we're talking. Yeah, now we're talking. And a Holly Hunter program would be great. I just, I just wanted like, after getting so deep into this movie, I want like, I want like Fury Road, but with Tron. I'd like to see Raising Arizona, but with Tron, I'd like to see Tron just like, I'd like to see so many movies just in the Tron universe and more of an explanation and more of a, a deeper investigation of what it means to be there. And I just really want more Tron, everything, cartoons, uh, live action television shows, uh, movies, whatever, bring it on, games, I'm down.
1: Animated short film anthology
0: animated short film I thought oh if they did like an animatrix style thing that's what or, I'm talking about or like a, a love, uh, love sex and robots or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. that one was called but all Tron based yeah oh man would, Netflix if you're listening that would be absolutely incredible or Disney Plus sorry if you're listening uh, that would be incredible wah 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 yeah so and Flynn doesn't help matters by kind of upping the creep factor right here and he yeah. says Tron uh, and
1: on Tron and on and on
0: Tron and on and on right? coming in
1: 2022 yeah. for Disney Plus
0: yes <laughs> He said uh, right here Flynn says Laura again and walks right up to her getting up in her face. And in this scene you can see that they're all they're all pretty roughly the same height. Uh, or I think it might be just the different levels they're standing in. It seems to vary from shot to shot. Or maybe in shum- some shots they have Bruce Boxleitner standing on something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I looked it up. Wait, sorry no, I looked it up and Bruce is 6 foot 2. Jeff is six one and a half. That's how close they are. They're half an inch in uh, in, in difference. But, but they're both tall. They're both tall. And okay. Cindy's Cindy's five seven. So that's one point eight eight meters, one point eight seven meters, and one point seven meters. So for everybody else there are in the international. In the rest of the world. So they're close, but Cindy's definitely shorter than Jeff and Bruce, but I don't know if she's as short. Like when she's peeking out from behind Tron's shoulder there, that's like she seems like she's way shorter than him. But anyway but uh yori says uh well then i owe him some thanks like pulling her hand out of tron's and taking a stepping step away from this weirdo who looks like he's like just like this close to like trying to go in for a kiss or something he's like really he's really advancing on yori like flynn is really yeah there's a nice little like rupture there where like he sees laura and she sees a stranger right yeah and yeah. it was like earlier when uh he saw tron and he's like alan and yeah. Alan's like, where did you hear that name? You know, and we've talked about this earlier, too, of, like, how many... And Flynn, in these moments, is so, like, naive and, and
1: unmediated. Like, oh, yeah. wait, it's my friend. You know, oh, it's my old lover. Like, yeah, wonderful. You know, come in. Give me some
0: love. Like, what are you doing, friend? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's, uh, you know, pump the brakes. And Tron, yeah, I like this moment because, like, Tron steps forward in a move as old as Caveman and uh, shoulders right in front of Flynn, like turning around and facing him. Then standing, then turning around and facing him, and standing right in front of Yori, like he's like, "Whoa, hey, time out." And Yori's smiling though, so she's not entirely freaked out by what's happening. But Tron has this like, "Bro, like what gives?" kind of <laughs> expression on his face. Like, "What are you doing?" As well, so Yori kind of ducks down and then peeks out from like from uh, from behind Tron. She's looking like, very kind of uh, elfin and, and cute in these, yeah, yeah, yeah. In these minutes. Yeah. But uh, so she's not horrified. Like this isn't this isn't an awful experience. It's just a little socially awkward, I guess. Because Flynn's, you know, it's like you're saying he's recognizing somebody who's essentially yeah. a stranger. And so so Flynn laughs and says, uh, "No, it's uh, it's no big deal." But one thing about this minute is that one thing I've run into is a lot of people that have watched this movie as a child didn't realize that Cindy Morgan was playing both Yori. Yes and Dr. Laura Baines, and they didn't realize that uh, Bruce Boxleitner was playing both Tron and Alan Bradley uh, because they're so different in their get-ups, in the grid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, you, you, so in this scene where he's recognizing Yori as Dr. Laura Baines, if you're already not understanding that one actor played both parts. You don't know nothing. You're like, I you're don't like, know wh- what why what movie suddenly, is this? What going on yeah. right now? Is yeah, he yeah. just randomly macking, or what's happening? You know, yeah. but but so it's it's not quite. It really changes being in black and white, having no glasses, having their hair covered up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it changes mm-hmm. them uh, a lot. Well, and, and
1: and imagine asking your audience to think a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is that there's some there's some moments in here where they are they're like we're not going to spell it out but like in the in the in the put the disc here uh moment in, for his instructions yeah. that's something that they had to like slip in at the last minute because the original screenplay for it is um very different. Oh ho oh, oh. ho so the
1: whole like little animated death star yeah. sorry uh, MCP <laughs> program
0: uh, was a later edition? Yeah. Yeah. Or was it just, just before the finish line edition? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Where they're like, yeah, okay, yeah. this needs to be clearer. And it's clear. It's real clear. That is one moment in your film where you're like, oh, okay. Like, get, like it just gives you the visual
1: footprint of that little uh, dilation in the yeah. width
0: of the cylinder yeah, cone. It's like, yeah. yeah, like, the disc has to go here. Hourglass nexus, like, it has to go here.
1: And, and uh, you know, to be fair to the people that are a little bit confused here, like, we we get Alan and Tron, or we should, because we saw them earlier. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, but I don't think we see Laura and Yuri really. No, we see right where we we need to make that connection from it being the same actor and from uh, you know they don't. Seem to be any other women around here, so this woman program must be the the program of the woman user that we met, and it's all part of that sort of same little social triangle. Yeah, so the similarity on that level should be hopefully enough to
0: hopefully apparent, but hopefully we don't apparent, there's but not co- guaranteed. there's but. a couple things where we don't meet, it's tea time, in the it's tea kitchen time. we're having a cup of tea, so clinking and stirring may commence. There is a, uh, what's it, um, yeah, so but we haven't seen Dr. Laura Baines for quite some time. No, we have not. Right, so that's why when she shows up, and also she shows up in sort of a stupefied, low-energy, drugged zombie state, where it takes her a while to sort of come back online and then go on the adventure with Tron. So I can really forgive a lot of people not... They're like, yeah, oh, this big, is just some. Yeah, this big is, time. A, this and, is a new character.
1: And um, she hasn't really been established
0: as somebody that has a program if you're not paying super close attention. Yeah. Like, she's second in command of the laser project with Dr. Walter Gibbs or whatever. Right. But she's not like, this is the program that I wrote to control the laser. That line isn't, Bango. isn't there. Like, you can see Yori on the side of the readouts when yeah. you're transporting the orange. But yeah, there's no hey, audience, I wrote this program moment. So, yeah, you can totally forgive the audience for not understanding that this is that person. Yeah. But then Flynn laughs and says, uh, I guess he's referencing the the, the prison breakout mm-hmm. where he's like, no, it's uh, no big deal. I, I ought to know my way around the light cycle routine. I wrote the program for it. And Tron is like, you wrote the program? And, I mean, this is like Flynn saying, yeah, I invented clouds you know, like it's really yeah. he's he's saying something pretty you know like yeah, or yeah, I was proud of that sunset the other night. I think I really outdid myself, like Flynn is being awfully cavalier here about revealing that he's a user. He was pretty coy about it early, and i'm not I'm not sure where the the switch happened, like maybe Ram's death showed him that he shouldn't keep it a secret anymore, or like he's all or maybe it's more just like he's all in now and he's seen the depravity of the m c p s legions, or you know he's just like. I, there's no point
1: in hiding anywhere. Uh, the way that I viewed it is, is like, well, he's you know he's among friends, now, right? And when he when he first drops in there, he's like, you are a prisoner on a coliseum slave ship. Yeah, you know. welcome to the Ludus. Get into the Colosseum and fight and. and Probably talking about how he's a user might not be the best. Like, yeah, the
0: best option might not case. be the, Yeah, he's 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 going under those circumstances for a good reason, I think, because he wants people on his side. But now, yeah, like you said, he's among friends, and I think that's basically all it is for sure.
1: Yeah, and we have the, the same sort of when he reveals himself
0: to uh, to Ram earlier. Yeah, and I was like, oh well, I trust you. Yeah, and that's but that's like a deathbed thing, right? Yeah, so that's also got a lot of weight to it.
1: Yeah. and then when he, he sort of comes through the other side he's with his war buddies now and he's like oh well
0: yeah and also though yeah. it is
1: you know, it is a little weird that he doesn't say listen i got something to tell you guys I, you guys
0: got to sit down for a second yeah. i got something to, to, yeah. to break to you yeah. yeah that's the that's the only moment that's the only thing that i think you know is cuz it kind of goes from like well he, they they he make broke him with- into a little like
1: naive that that just sort of blurts things out right yeah
0: it's not super sophisticated. No, and he's not quite in control of the moment, which is an interesting choice because the kind of the beats are, you know, this guy broke me out of prison. Yeah. He goes to like, you know, embrace Yori. Yeah. In a somewhat space invading kind of way. Yeah. To, uh, oh yeah, anyway, but I'm a user. So it's a strange. It's a. It's kind of a zigzag beat. You know, it it, yeah. it it doesn't it doesn't make a tremendous amount of sense to me. And um, like a lot of films of this area and that
1: slightly earlier era, because I think of of I really think of it as a 70s film, having watched it again. Yeah. Even though it's very much an 80s film in the look of it. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't you wouldn't see this. I don't know.
0: Maybe you might see this aesthetic in the seventies if they could have done it. Well, that's what I, this this movie to me really strikes me as an eighties filter on a sixties and seventies movie. Yeah, big time. Because the the neon candy apple glowing uh, tracery and the really trippy visuals and the and the, the curves and the spheres and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's some hard edges to it, and it's computers, so that makes it 80s, and it's grids, so that makes it 80s. But the sort of glowing neon and all the different colors and the sort of, you know, more esoteric, upper-level philosophical themes that get involved in, to me, is very 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah. It's very, like, you know, take a rip off this bong, and then, hey, man, what if, man, what if? Like, there's a, very, there's a lot of that going on. But it's all sort of seen through the lens of the '80s, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting loaded, staring at your hamster,
1: going, "Is somebody staring down at me, man?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, totally. Uh, in the creators' commentary, they mentioned about how in these scenes they added the comments, the the comets and shooting star energy pulses in the background with sounds and all that, just to add life to this series of dialogue-heavy scenes against what is a a very plain background of just a line across the horizon i think it was a good choice because these scenes already drag a little but those little pulses really do jazz it up and add add a little life you know what was it that uh i mean we've got to keep it pg but what was it that humphrey bogart said about camels he said if you're going to have a couple of people talking it's like whenever they give me
1: i'll I'll, I'll make a do you want to bleep it out
0: i can bleep it out okay
1: you'll bleep it out later. I'll bleep it out. Yes. I'll bleep it out. Uh Humphrey Bogart once said whenever they give me a lot of exposition to say, I hope they put two camels fucking in the background so the audience has something to look at.
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> which I think
1: is a very good note. <laughs> right? Uh well, and and in um oh, in screenwriting craft, they say uh convert exposition into ammunition. Jeez, that's a good note. Okay, sure, cool. right? So, um uh, any information that you want to commute, communicate to the audience has to take the form of something that one character is using on another character to, to try and get what they want. Sure. Okay. Right? Uh, or more loosely, if you don't want to anchor it dramaturgically, at least never give the audience information that you have not created in them a desire to receive okay sure yeah yeah right yeah so get them really wanting to know what's going on or want, whatever you know and then you can spend 30 to 60 seconds telling them like oh cool dude i get it now but yeah if you just sort of come out and be like oh, i'm basil exposition and you know the trade federation of the yeah phantom menace is <laughs> breaking the treaties and so we need to i
0: like i thought we were gonna watch what's jedis like- here like what's Yeah, what's going on I don't care I can't care this isn't a preface this is a rug pull yeah 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 Uh, so uh, that sort of brings us up around to the end of the minute but um, I like to go over the differences at the end of the minute but I like to go over the differences between the screenplay and the novel because there's some very interesting differences in the novel they mention how Flynn got lumped in with the other red guards because he knew that Sark would probably seek out Tron, so he stepped forward during the selection process and volunteered to get sent with the contingent to rush ahead to the Solar Sailor hangar, while the rest went up to Sark's cruiser. And he mentions that none of the uh, other programs knew each other, so he didn't stand out. I mean, sure, why not? You know, you uh, kind of have to do that stuff in the in the novel. Like, there's so much empty
1: space. Yeah, in the screenplay like there's so much empty space in in the film that we don't have time to ask or answer these questions and we have no desire to ask or answer these questions of like well what happened when Flynn scurried and caught up with the other guards yeah right that's all off screen we don't care it obviously worked out fine yeah you know he blended in stop asking questions but
0: yeah he has his whole he has his whole little off-screen adventure yeah where like he knocks out the guard and takes his color catches up with the guards and then he's hiding and then there's one scene where he pokes his head out in a comical way and sneaks off and you're like, well, I had to rewind it to see he that going? he
1: was the guy that was hanging on the edge of the bridge. I'm like, oh, is that Flynn? Like, how did he get there? Right.
0: Yeah, right. And then he shows up here. So yeah. he's like, where, where, what, what adventure has he been on that led him yeah. here? Like, a, where did the edge of the come? bridge? Edge of the ship? Edge again, of the but, the neck or the yeah. waist of the ship? Because where where does he? Where do those guards come from? How is he with those guards? Those are two huge questions. The guards just kind of show up. Like there is no time for wondering. Now you must fight the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moment. But, um, yeah, that's one that they really they wanted to do more with, that they didn't really do enough with, but anyway, yeah, so like what's what but what is interesting, oddly, it mentions that after he's being saved, after he has been saved, as he's sitting on the deck, catching his breath, hmm. he just concentrates and breathes deeply, switching himself back to being blue, right, Tron watches it happen, becoming way more suspicious that Flynn might just be a user. Flynn sees Laura but doesn't say anything and uh Tron still steps between them but he doesn't even know why he does it like he doesn't even know that he likes uh Yori or like that there's a shred of Alan in him that feels Alan's jealousy towards Flynn that just rears its head for a second and leaves Tron feeling confused like that shred of Alan made it into Tron's program kind of thing Whereas Flynn, on the other hand, I find the the romance
1: between programs is a little bit of a rabbit hole too. Well, honestly,
0: they cut a whole scene. Like I don't, I, I, I can show you the scene at the break, but there's mm. there's a whole deleted scene in Yori's apartment where like Tron and Yori hook up, and uh, they were like, "We gotta cut that because that raises way too many questions." Right, and they and they're right yeah right and as it plays out even just what's in the film already
1: i feel like it raises too many questions i so yeah, like, like these are so... programs these are utilities these are tools these are forks and knives yeah you know and you know they obviously have a have a consciousness but you know they have a consciousness to perform that for which they were built and i'm not sure that this Silicon hanky panky is part of their function.
0: No, it's not. It's yeah. outside of the realm of their parameters, yeah. and I think that's something that they wisely sort of steer away from because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's it, it raises a lot of questions, interesting questions, but like uh, but strange questions. It kind of puts it in the realm of an alternate universe. Yeah. If the if the programs are seeking each other out romantically, it means that like yeah, okay, yeah. these that, are more than just. Uh, right, programs. and then
1: we're saying that the the, the program um, has like a piece of the user's soul in a way.
0: Yeah, yeah, which they come right out and say it. Like in the beginning, Dr. Walter Gibbs, when he's having the fight with uh, Ed Dillinger, he's like, you know, a piece of every program a programmer goes into their programs. Like a right. piece of me is in every program that mm-hmm. I write. Like mm-hmm. he straight out, he flat out says it. Mm-hmm. So that's what this whole film is saying, right? So, and then Flynn, on the other hand, seeing that Tron and Yori are a bonded pair, is tripped out by how the real world is mirroring the grid, like yet again, you know. But he also, uh, when he gets when when Tron says, "This is the guy that busted me out of prison," Tron is like, "I don't think that's entirely true. I didn't, I didn't set you free. It was like a group effort, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You're, you're Tron, you know. Yeah. And you." you held off four guys by yourself on the daily. Yeah. You know, but Tron is such a magnanimous guy that he's like, yeah, this is the guy that busted me out. It's like, that's That's, unusually high praise and not entirely correct. You know, (laughs) like, but but, you know, it's, it's appreciated, I guess. Yeah. It's appreciated. He's just like, uh, I had a lot to do with you, but I'll take it, you know, sure. But it's interesting that, 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 uh, that he just breathes deeply and turns himself back to blue. And then in the screenplay as Tron lifts Flynn it just says we see the static red guard disguise fade off of Flynn with right. no with no mention of uh energy transference at all. So I guess they just needed Flynn to be blue now. Right? Yeah. And didn't I mean, quite, he, he and, was in disguise and we don't need I that don't he's not, yeah. And he didn't like but they didn't quite know how to do it so they just did it. And so they kept rolling because I've, I get tripped up on this minute with that color change. Mm-hmm. I, because I got tripped up with the other color changes too, but I thought they were establishing rules like, okay, when an energy color transference takes place mm-hmm. from a user to mm-hmm. a program, mm-hmm. it's destructive mm-hmm. in some way. And then here it happens in a very benign way. And it looks like it happens as a result of them clasping hands and being in close proximity. I,
1: yeah, I, I kind of viewed it like, uh, like the the trope of uh, like shapeshifter characters that can um, can imitate specific people, but it's like first they have to meet that person or see that person or touch that person, and only then can that person sort of get added to their, uh, their vocabulary their wardrobe. Or, yeah, sure. Yeah. Added added to their inventory. Yeah. So. Uh, it's like he had the red color added to his inventory so now he can dis- uh, disguise himself as a red guy. I love it. Yeah, sure. and That works for me. And just, just flip it back. But I'm, I'm projecting an awful lot on it because they don't give us those rules. No, no. Right. They, yeah.
0: don't, they don't tell us how. One thing that's interesting in the screenplay is they mention that uh, Bit is still there. The character Bit. The, uh, yes, no, the character is still there and he's uh he has no lines in this minute but uh the the bit has not been uh, as of this minute in the screenplay bit is still hanging around for comic relief and uh so that I don't a little know.
1: backseat driving so and so
0: yeah so i don't know <laughs> it's if, like uh,
1: i'm trying to drive a I'm recognizer right could on. you shut your binary <laughs> face for <laughs> just 5 seconds you're
0: not doing a very good job thanks shut for the it. hot tip bit you know like but that takes us up about to the uh, to the end of uh, minute seventy three. Um, do you want to tell people, uh, you know, how where they can find you or what you got coming up or anything like that?
1: Well, you know, pod, the podcast world is 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 funny. So I you know this isn't going to air for uh, quite some time. Quite yeah. some time from the time that we're recording it, and yeah. you know, it will probably not be being listened to necessarily that week. As it drops. Also true. So, um, you know, who who can say? Who can, who, say? who can say? Who can say where I am? Probably off singing the blues somewhere.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, if you okay. want to get in touch with us, check out more at TronologicallySpeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at TronologicallySpeaking. Uh, send us an email at TronologicallySpeaking at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at the Speaking Tron Minute by Minute listeners page. Uh, go on over to Pond5.com for sweet, sweet music. Uh, which is what I used for the beginning and the end of the podcast. And uh, go over to moviesbyminutes.com to see if your favorite movie is there. And give the Star Wars Minute a listen because they're the guys that started it all. And they were very, very generous and magnanimous by saying, everybody, come on board and do one yourself. And if uh, your favorite movie is not on that long list, then consider doing your own podcast because they're a very inclusive and encouraging community. Uh, so one thing when we come up to the end of the minute is I like to say end of line. I like to close by saying end of line. I would be disappointed if you didn't. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on three, do you want to say end of line? One, two, three. End 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 of line.